Amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, the deer? Yeah. Saw those go up, actually. Right. Can you guys see me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool, man. What's oh, going on? Guys, a Lions fan, eh? That's right. Hey, this Detroit represent. Let's go. I'm a huge Packers fan. Brett oh, Favre man. was my guy. On. Brett Favre was like my favorite athlete as a child. Woo! That's tough. Brett, Brett Favre is uh, – he became my favorite quarterback, especially when he had that uh, – that dick pic scandal. Uh, <laughs> that's my dude. Like, he's sending dick pics to these young cheerleaders. That's my dude. Uh, yeah, he's a different dude. My dad used to tell me stories too. Like, he used to get caught with like stupid amounts of Tylenol. Nobody's understanding why this guy has like 12 bottles of Tylenol in his bag. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can give you a couple hints, but. <laughs> oh, been, been a tough season for those lines for sure. Yeah, it's a tough season every season, man. I'm used to it. You know, it's deer season. It's something to, uh, you know, try to try to drown my sorrows with a couple cold ones every every time the line. Like, man, shit, I'm matching. Look at this shit. Oh, shit, let's go. Oh, damn. My, my love right here. Oh, see, now, you know what? I wore an Austin 316 shirt oh, for let's you. Fucking go. Now, but let's now go. I feel like I should have worn a Packers sweater. No, man, Austin 316 is Stone Cold Steve Austin. I feel is the reason I'm in the position I am today, dude. That's my idol. Oh my God! He, he, yeah, this guy was my life. My entire birthday parties were based around him. It was amazing. Dude, oh. yes, I, I genuinely, Steve Austin is one of the reasons why I'm in MMA. Uh, this 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 year at 31 years old, man. I used to watch him when I was eight, nine, ten, twelve, and uh, he got me into wrestling, which led to high middle school wrestling, to high school wrestling, to college wrestling transition to mma man so yeah it's, wow, uh, that's crazy Austin that's gonna be one of my questions for you and you, you lined it up right away <laughs> that's at, right right off the get let's go right <laughs> and so Suraj, should we dive right into this yeah man get yeah. it going uh cool if i just drop a little intro justin yeah yeah do your thing bro do your thing absolutely all right so welcome to a special segment of the vet the vet the casual we are honored to have Mr. Justin James on board. Welcome. Thank you for taking the time. We appreciate it for sure. Hey, no worries. Sorry, sorry it's taking so long to hook up. Uh, I really appreciate you guys having me and staying on me. Uh, that first week after the fight, I kind of was just, I kind of blew all the podcasts off. And uh, this week, I'm finally feeling better about my life. And uh, let's, let's, let's knock it out, man. No worries. It's our <laughs> pleasure. Thank you again for taking the time. We understand fight time can be busy, especially post-fight, but we appreciate you taking mm, the time. So, sure. no so one of the things that we kind of wanted to jump in right away, speaking with that Austin 316 t-shirt is, you know, what, give us a little bit of your wrestling experience, kind of what drove you into the MMA, what inspired you, that kind of stuff. Uh, well, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, I wrestled in middle school and then I wrestled in high school and then I wrestled at Olivet College for, for four and a half years. And uh, Darren Crookshank was my uh, oh was wow my in college. cool that's crazy so, that's so old school USC fighter old school yeah we used to he's in Ryzen right now um, we uh, you know we slowly transitioned because he was a senior when I was a freshman uh, that makes so sense. we transitioned there um, you know but when I first got into wrestling in middle school you know I thought when I saw wrestling on the sport board that it was like WWF and uh, I thought I was going to be like Steve Austin in a ring. Mm -hmm. um after going to my first practice i realized it wasn't like that but i fell in love with it right <laughs> away and uh you know uh again steve austin is the reason i'm here i mean that's the whole point of why i went to that practice uh obviously after the first practice second practice i realized it's not the same uh but again i, I really fell in love with it and amateur wrestling took over my life 
Oh, that's awesome. The Rock was my boy, but I, I couldn't help but root for 316 himself. So, dude, it's I, I thought that was one of the, and I still to this day think that's one of the best rivalries it of is. all time. By far, by far, by far. Agreed. Wow. Yeah. No. That that's it's amazing because for me, like that was all childhood. Then all of a sudden, I was a boxing fan as a kid, but then MMA just got so popular. And it's funny you mentioned your wrestling career because I wanted to ask you a question. You were really young when you fought uh, Drakkar Close in that state championship. That two years later, you're at a kid. It's just like, at that age, what was it like, you know, two years span fighting state championships and wrestling, having a kid? Like, what's that even like? How is Benjamin doing anyway? Uh, he's doing really well, actually. He turns 12 uh, in two weeks. He's here with me right now. Beautiful. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's it, it was it was a really tough transition, honestly. Uh, you know, me and Jakar, faced, like, I was 57-0. and 0, He was 55-0, and 0, uh, 2007 state finals. And we got put on the same side of the bracket. Uh, I think I was ranked second in the state. He was ranked fifth in the state. He was ranked, or excuse me, first in the state. Uh, he was ahead of me because he had won a state championship two years prior. He took second the year before, and then he took second that year as well. But we got put on the same side of the bracket, man. And uh, I watched film, and that's just a tough, tough dude. It's I think it's really cool to see that we're both in the UFC now, and uh, and I see him all the time, you know. And every time mm -hmm. we see, we talk, we talk, we talk online, and you know, I think that would be a great, fun matchup uh, for the UFC. Uh, he lost his last fight. You know, I, I think I'm a little bit behind him right now. You know, he's had a couple more fights than I have. Not many, though, you know, but I rack off two, three wins in a row. You know, we might have a, a 2007 state championship rematch <laughs> coming up here. And it, it's not personal. I like Jakar. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a fantastic fighter. I, I think that he's much more athletic than I am. But I'm pretty tough, and I hit pretty hard. And uh, I think it'd be a slobber knocker. I think it'd be a great fight. Plus, he ruined my childhood dream of becoming a state <laughs> champ wrestler. I'd love to punch him in the face 15 years later. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that'd be beautiful. It's like Cobra Kai, like 10 years later, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the new, exa exactly. It's like how they, they came out with the new, with the, with the new. That, that'd be the same. And what a great backstory. And again, it's not like a bad blood thing. It's not like, I fucking hate your car, Klaus. You yeah. Like, listen, I was trying to beat him. He was trying to beat me. We see each other. We always laugh. And I say, oh, motherfucker, I'm going to punch you in the face for, you know, taking a state championship for one year. And he laughs. And, uh, oh, he, he's, so a, he's a fucking super cool dude. I think he's a phenomenal athlete. I think he's a phenomenal fighter. Um, like I said, I like the guy a lot. I'm a fan of Jakar Klaus. I would love to get in there and mix it up with him one day. That's oh, amazing. We would love to see it, too. What a storyline that would do be. Do everything we can't up your pro with that one. That's for sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. So kind of, you know, working off of that, you know, we're, we're all kind of reaching that post 30 age now We're you know, we're 33 year old men trying to create a podcast here. So, you know, sure. if there was something you could ask or tell yourself, maybe your 20 year old self, your 15 year old self, as you were entering the game with the wisdom that you have now, is there anything that kind of stands out to you there? Yeah, man, there's, there's a lot of things I wish I would have done differently coming up, but in, in inevitably the the thing that I would reiterate to myself the most is, is what I did reiterate to myself. I just wasn't sure at the time is just not giving up, man. Like MMA is a tough, tough sport. And there's a lot of times, especially after a loss, I lost to Jesse Gross a couple years ago. I lost to uh, another really uh, uh, what's Tommy Aaron and all these times that, you know, I wanted to give up because I was like, fuck, I'm never going to be able to bounce back from this. And, you know, when I'm looking in the dark, when I'm, when I'm depressed after I lost to Jesse Gross. So I had a, a first round knockout in Bellator. Then I took a short notice uh, fight against Jesse Gross, and I lost a split decision. And I just didn't think I was going to bounce back from it. I, I tried to retire. I had a couple friends talk me out of it, you know. And, you know, I guess if I had to say anything to my past self or, you know, if I knew 
just say, say the same thing I did say is just don't give up. Just keep grinding away, man. And, you know, I set out in 2007, I had a goal to get in the UFC and, uh, you know, to, to, to put my stamp on. And, and I believe I did that June 20th of, you know, this year, mm-hmm. you know, I've had a couple hardships, you know, leading up, uh, leading past that, you know, Gavin Tucker, who I think is going to be ranked in the top 15 at featherweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost finished him the first round. That's the first time I've cut to featherweight. You know, that was tough. And this last fight, man, that's the best I've ever felt, best I've ever looked. And I just got caught, man, you know, and there, there's been times where like where I lost to Jesse Gross or Tommy Aaron. And so I go home, I look at the drawing board and I could have done A, B, and C different. I could have trained harder. I could have dieted better. I could have done this to change the outcome. My last loss, uh, you know, to Gabriel Benitez, I wouldn't change a thing. It's, it's the, the sharpest I've been, the most mentally tough I've ever been. I felt perfectly physically. I felt in better shape than I've ever been. I just got caught, man. And uh, when I went home that night, I really thought, like, what could I have done different? And I really couldn't. He just, you know, mm-hmm. he, he landed this shot. It was a devastating shot. It's the most devastating shot I've ever mm-hmm. taken. I've been kicked in the head, knee in the face, nose broken. And uh, honestly, that that shot was – it felt like I was paralyzed for 30 seconds. I couldn't move. So, you know, on to the next, man. I still got another fight left in my contract. I need – this is a must win for me now. So, my strategy might change up depending on who I'm fighting. You know, it's mm-hmm. – Here's the problem I had. June 20th, when I fought Frank Camacho, I knocked him out in 30 or 40 seconds. I got a 50K bonus. I got 30,000 for winning plus the 50K. So almost 90,000 with sponsors and all. I got addicted to that, man. And, you know, I've kind of gotten away from my wrestling. I've kind of gotten away from my grappling. I stopped throwing kicks because when you have that 40 second addiction of winning 100 grand, you want to do that every time. I don't want to, I'm never going to get, I'm never going to get a $50,000 bonus from taking guys down and subbing them or you know beating them up like Khabib is I think he's a great fighter but honestly it's just kind of boring and lulls people Mm -hmm. to sleep I want fast pace I want hard knockouts and that's what I've been doing these last two fights I lost unfortunately this fourth fight that I have uh, I have to change my game plan and I have to fight to win now instead of just fighting for excitement so actually I do have some questions I guess on the fight side since we brought it up so I mean I actually think your your record in the UFC is a little misleading here with that one and two because like you said Frank Camacho we saw you know proper weight cut lightweight we saw what you can do one thing we kind of find is with fighters when they get to the UFC sometimes either it's like the diversity of, of fighters in the weight class or whatever it may be but you know, at featherweight, even with the short notice, like, I thought you looked really good against a fighter, like you said, who could actually be ranked in the top 15 very soon. So I kind of, like, for the first thing I thought of was, like, hey, man, I mean, even in terms of, like, size, skill, like, everything really could line up for you at featherweight. Is that 145 something you'd explore? Quick thing I have to tell you, by the way, is Wikipedia usually tells you when a fighter makes their debut at a weight class. So right now you know, we should maybe let them know because Gavin Tucker's listed as just a lightweight loss. Technically it's a short notice slash like cut at featherweight. So it's your featherweight debut and it's a loss. So might want to get them yeah, checked I, on that. I, I made, I made weight at 145 against Gavin. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's just to get that clear. My last fight against Gabriel, uh, they, I requested a featherweight, but here's the thing. Uh, you know, the Ben or not the Benitez, the, the Tucker fight was tough, man. Like, I beat mm-hmm. Frank Camacho June 20th. Mm-hmm. I came home for two weeks because I want to spend time with family and friends and enjoy this moment. Mm-hmm. This is the best moment of my mm-hmm. life. And I was at the bar, and uh, I, I remember it was the weekend after 4th of July, and I'm drinking a beer, and my manager called mm-hmm. me, like, hey, we got a matchup for you in three weeks. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool, let's fucking do it. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's at featherweight against Gavin Tucker. And I'm like, I know. Uh, mm-hmm. but here's the thing. 
I told Sean Shelby, I told Dana White, I told the UFC, I'll make weight no matter what, mm -hmm. and I'll show up and I'll knock everybody out. Mm -hmm. Well, I made weight, and that first round I felt okay. Um, the second round, dude, I was so I, I lost. Mm -hmm. I, I weighed 178 pounds when I got back to Vegas. I died and cut weight for three and a half weeks. I made weight. And, you know, I'm not making any excuses because Gavin is a tough motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And I know I can beat him. Am I going to beat him every time? Absolutely not. Dude, that guy's a fucking monster. Mm -hmm. But the Justin James that you saw was not the Justin James that was in there the week or my mm -hmm. last fight. Uh, I felt so much better in my last fight. I just got caught. Mm -hmm. If that last Justin James was in there against Gavin Tucker, I think uh, the fight would be a lot different. Um, unfortunately, uh, because of the weight cut, I just didn't have the gas tank, man. I cut, mm -hmm. I cut 35, I cut 35 pounds in three and a half weeks or 33 pounds in three and a half weeks, man. It just, it was too hard on my body. And that's the thing about cutting weight. I know Pius has a bunch of questions about that because he's kind of been obsessed about it. But that's the thing. You like, I felt like you, even with that little bit of time, you made weight with ease. And I feel like that's a wrestler thing since I was young. Like, I always noticed, like, the guy with the wrestling background, for some reason, maybe it's because you're taught so young, but like that cutting weight is just a different, it's a different process for the wrestlers. You know, John Fitch, when I was really young, was one of those guys that kind of really made it popular in terms of a process. So I know he had a bunch of things he was going to bring up, but. Yeah, man, like I just kind of had the, had the feeling that, you know, proper training camp at Featherweight, I think, you know, some of the, some of the guys that left hook could be landing really tough, really easy. So I don't know. I, I thought you looked really good, man, until that, until that last round. And like you said, getting caught's getting caught, and that's the game. It's, you know, it's – the thing is this right now is I've fought three times in five months. Mm -hmm. UFC knows I'll, I'll fight anybody, anytime, mm -hmm. anyway. You know, all I'm asking for now going forward – uh, you know, because now my career's in, in, in jeopardy now because I lost twice in a row, uh, is that I just give me, give me a full camp. The longest camp I've had to train is three weeks. Like, you know, I'm, I am one of my training partners, uh, uh, Gustavo Lopez. He, mm -hmm. he fought in November and now his next fight is already scheduled for March. He's getting 15 week, 13, 14, 15 weeks to train. And they're calling me of, Hey, will you fight in two weeks? Hey, will you fight in three weeks? I'd appreciate a full camp where I can get my diet down, where, where I can really be myself, you know, and I know, unfortunately, the shitty part about the situation I'm in now is I'm going on the last fight of my contract. This is do or die for me, mm -hmm. you know, because I could, just like this last fight, I felt great. It's the best I've ever looked, the best I've ever felt, and I got caught. Mm -hmm. You know, that could happen in my next fight, you know, so unfortunately, I'm not going to get really many chances. I'm hoping that I get a full camp for this, March or April, go in there, knock somebody out, at least get 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 back on the winning track and extend my contract four fights. Yeah, and we're we're rooting for the same thing here, man. We we want to see more Justin James for sure. So, you know, we're hoping it's, that works. You know, I I just I I had I had when I like I said when I knocked Frank out, I, I changed my I changed my fight style to fuck. I want fifty grand every time. <laughs> yeah. Now. I'm just swinging for hail Mar not, not hail Marys, but swinging big punches. I want to knock everybody out. But you know, as as I'm going to my fourth fight, in my contract uh, right now, winning is more important than that fifty grand. Yeah, absolutely. And so, kind of tying into that cutting process, you know, you are no stranger to that cutting process. You fought in different weight classes and stuff like that. As you know, somebody who's kind of engrossing themselves more recently into the UFC and MMA. Do you mind just giving me a little bit more information on how that process goes? Is it as grueling as, you know, it's made out to be in public? Is it worse or is it better? Kind of would love to get your take on it. So cutting weight is the number one 
thing in the whole world that I hate more than anything. Okay. Um, I've almost, reti- I've almost retired my career in the tub at least three or four different times. Wow. Uh, when, <laughs> when I cut to Gavin, when I fought Gavin Tucker, uh, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life. Wow. Um, I quit. I quit. You know what? And I want to give a shout out to my coaching staff, Roman Isbell, Dennis Davis. Uh, Mike Conflitti was there helping me through the whole thing. So I weighed, I weighed about 160 pounds the night before I fought Gavin. Um, after I started, uh, tell me about it. After, after I started losing weight, I woke up the next morning. We started our weight cut at 11 p.m. I cut weight from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Or no, maybe it was 1 a.m. And I lost uh, like 14 pounds. It was, it was, you know what? No, ex- excuse me. Let me, I'm going to, I'm going to retract my statement. I was 155 pounds or 156 when I started. So I cut weight for two hours and I got within two pounds. Uh, I was 140, uh, 148 and Roman's like, Hey, we're just going to sleep this off and we'll, we'll finish it in the morning. I was like, all right, bet. We wake up at 6 AM. I'm two pounds over. We're like, all right, let's put the sweats on. So we do the exact same thing. Two hours. I get out. And I'm like, and Roman, my coach is like, dude, you're on weight, you're on weight. And I'm like, I hope so. I step on, I'm still a pound over. And I'm like, fuck, my mentality is, I, I like almost start crying. It's like, I feel like death. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's fucking terrible. And uh, he's like, well, I know you're tired. Um, you know, let's get in the tub and get this last pound off in the tub. I was like, all right, bet. So I jump in the tub, I sit for an hour. And, and he's sitting with me because if he's not there, I'll get out. I, I don't, I, I get claustrophobic. I get anxiety. So he's sitting on the toilet. I was in the tub. I sit for 45 minutes or an hour. I roll out of the tub and I'm fucking dead. I can't walk. They have to wait for me to cool down to get my breath back. And, uh, sorry, I, I keep getting phone calls. Uh, they keep, I, I'm laying on the ground they're trying to help me up. And they're like, Oh dude, you're on, you're on. Like you're done. Like you're fucking done. I was like, all right, bet. So I step on the scale. I lost 0.2. So I was 0.8 over. It's already past nine o'clock, nine o'clock's the weigh-ins. And Dennis is like, you need to fucking man up and get this shit done. I start crying. Like I fuck can't anymore. And he's starting to like push me around and slap me around a little bit, trying to get me pissed. And I put my sauna suit back on and uh, Dennis is, we're going to grapple for 30 minutes straight. And I was, and I'm crying, bro. Like, I'm like, I'm done. I'm fucking done. He throws <laughs> me on the mat. I have anxiety. He's like, punch me motherfucker. Like he's, it was, it was the hardest thing in my life. I walk downstairs I step on the scale, Jeez. 146.2. And I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm fucking done. And Dennis is like, all right, this last point two, here's a can. You need to spit. It keeps spitting in it. Oh and God. that's how I lost the last point two, and I weighed in 146. Holy 0. fuck. It was the worst experience of my life. The older I get, uh, the older I get, the harder the weight cuts are getting, man. And that, that was fucking the hardest thing. Dude, I can't believe you even went through the third round of that fight, dude. The it fuck? was terrible. When I was warming up in the back, Ugh. I couldn't get a sweat going. And again, I'm not making excuses. I don't want you or people to think that. Not at all, man. Not at all. Lost. Like, not at it was all. fucking tough. I'll send you some videos. So Dennis uh, videoed a lot uh, of my weight cut. Please and, do. Uh, my own personal. Just to show you how much energy <laughs> I didn't have. That's crazy, man. I think like this has been like a life left for me long enough that I would never consider an excuse. But getting that story firsthand, I think I'll cherish this moment for for potentially the rest of my life like that was that's insane uh, like i said I'll, I'll send you some videos i'll send you some short 10 second videos of, of me cutting weight and you'll be like what the fuck this guy is fucking he's a zombie. i, I there's a lot of times where i'd close my eyes and just think in my head like just go go through the motions go through the motions yeah 
and try to get it done. And that's what we did, man. And because my coaching staff, again, Roman Isbell, Dennis Davis, we got it done. Man, all, all the power to you. I can only imagine the mental toughness it takes to kind of fight through that and, and keep your spirits up while you're just feeling miserable. So all, all the power to you there, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. All right. So, you know, that kind of dives us into, you know, a, a more personal segment that we wanted to touch on with you. We know, you know, kind of the story with your father. Um, he is battling cancer. We are praying, you know, he gets better soon. Um, we, we know he was kind of in your corner and that was a great moment for you. Kind of tell us a little bit more about that. How was it kind of having him there? Uh, you know, I, I loved it, you know, and, and as irritating as it was, uh, at some point, um, I'm, I, because he doesn't under, he doesn't know fighting. He doesn't understand weight cut. He doesn't understand diet. So like the night before we're watching a movie and he's like, Hey, uh, I think you should probably get in the tub tonight or, Hey, I think you should do this. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Like, I know what I'm doing. Shut the fuck up and sit in the third seat. And that's what I'm thinking in my head. And obviously I'm trying to keep, because keep in mind, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm irritable. And yeah. you know, and I know he means well, he means best. Like he's just trying to help me, but listen, I know what I'm doing. Just shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> you know, so there was a couple times to where I'd snap at him or I'd get irritated, but, and I apologize after the fact because I genuinely felt bad. Cause again, he's there to, he just wants to help me and he can see how hard this is on me and how hard it is for me. Um, but you know, honestly, going back to the mental preparation of the fight is, Honestly, between us three and everyone else watching, I didn't think there was a possibility that I could lose that fight. Uh, I was in the back. I had no nerves. My warm-up was great. My stretch was great. I'm thinking in the back, it's like my dad's here. You know, who knows how many more fights he's going to see, let alone live. You know, I have a perfect weight cut. My coaching staff is perfect. You know, I, everything is too perfect. Nothing can go wrong. And it's MMA and something went wrong. And you know what? After I was ashamed almost, after I lost walking back, like there's a lot I regret still in the fight. And I don't mean the fight itself, but I wish I would have took a second, even in that loss and kind of hugged my dad in the cage a little more or something, because after I lost, I just want to get out and get back to the back room. Um, I wish I would have stayed in the cage a little longer and let him enjoy it a little more because at the end of the day, my dad doesn't care that I lost, you know, he, he's, he cares that I'm healthy and I'm happy and I've achieved all my goals. And, uh, you know, in retrospect, I wish I would have stayed in the cage and got some more pictures with him because that's my biggest regret is not, I didn't get a single picture with him in the cage, oh, man. uh, because I, w I was so bummed out and I just wanted to get out of the cage. This is emotional for me to talk about. Uh, but looking back at it right now is, you know, I had it all envisioned that, you know, when, when Herb Dean or whoever the ref was, Mark, uh, was going to raise my hand, I was going to raise my dad's hand and it was going to be this big thing and when that didn't, yeah. like that. I said I got shivers all over my body. Yeah, man. And, and this is how I envisioned it. I genuinely thought there's nothing he can hit me with that's going to put me out because I've never been knocked out in a fight and uh, let alone put down with a body shot. Uh, so, like I said, it was – I fucked up, man. And, and I should have let my dad enjoy that moment a little bit more. I'm hoping that he's healthy enough for my next fight because I'd love to do a redo. I'd love to have him there when I win. And I really want, I, I win or lose, I would do a lot different. Um, like I said, I'd like to get more. I didn't get a single picture with him in the cage. He came into the cage as Gabriel's hand was getting raised. I saw him and I was embarrassed. Like I thought he was, my initial thought is I thought he was disappointed. And I'm sure he was, but not 
how I thought he was. You know, obviously he wanted me to win, but he, I think he was just so happy to be there. And there's a lot I would do different. When I look back, I, I regret a lot of that fight. And, you know, we really appreciate you sharing that story with us. That is, you know, a, a really touching moment. And your dad, I'm sure, is nothing but proud of you in that moment. It's, it's hard to control your emotions. I can only imagine what you're going through, you know, as losing that fight, wanting to kind of make your dad proud and know that he was proud. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say, Oh, I'm proud of a loss. You know, it's I, the thing is I thought initially, like when I got finished and I got my hand, he got his hand raised, you know, I feel that he would feel the same way I felt, you know what I mean? Like so disappointed and, you know, but he didn't, he felt the polar opposite to me and he expressed that to me time and time again. And every time I talked to him on the phone, he talks about it every, how happy he was and how he this and that. And, you know, honestly, um, I'm hoping that I can get a quick turnaround here. There's a couple injuries I want to get taken care of over the next couple months, but hopefully he's in good enough health. I'd love to have him in my corner again and uh, win or lose. There's a lot I'd like to change about how I acted after. And honestly, it sounds like you took away a lot more than just like the fight game from that fight. And let's be honest, from what you learned, I mean, I think it's going to help you with raising Benjamin as well with that whole father-son relationship. So be happy about that side of things. And going back to my original statement, like I said, your UFC record is hella misleading. You're taking on, just so everybody knows, like Gabriel Benitez fights out of AKA in San Jose. Like that's your Daniel Cormier, that's your Khabib doesn't fight very often. It's widely known. His kicks are ridiculous. His knees are ridiculous. And frankly, like that's who his third fight was in the UFC. So, I mean, it happens. Yeah, he's been, right? he's been in the UFC since uh, 2014. Yeah. So he's been around the block. You know, he's like fucking, you know, he has like four or five fight of the night bonuses. Mm -hmm. Dude's a tough guy, man. You know, it's, I wish I would have took it a little different. I just wanted to knock him out so bad mm. because my dad was there and, you know, I just wanted that 50 K and how, how cool would it have been to have my dad there get a knockout, get, and that's all I could think about in my head. And looking back, retrospect, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but, you know, uh, like I said, with my performance, I wouldn't change anything. I just got caught. But with how I acted after the fight, I wish I would have acted a little differently. And that's the big thing to take away, man. For sure. And so kind of leading off of that, you know, I had one more question regarding that is this, it is a very unique career that you've kind of embarked in. You know, fighting is a very dangerous game in itself. You know, did you have that support from your friends and family from the get-go? Well, from so when I had my first fight in 2007, I had it at a bowling alley in a ring, and uh, I called my dad first, um, and we had actually an accidental death in the family uh, the week of my of my amateur debut. My my niece, who was just a baby, she wasn't a baby, she was a toddler. She got run over by a car uh, in a driveway um that the week of my amateur debut so my mom was super emotional about it and obviously as my whole family was but I needed somebody to sign off on uh on the waiver because I was only 17 years old so I called my dad I told him what I wanted to do and he hesitated briefly and he's okay tell me what I need to sign and where we need to go and you know and that's when my dad my mom didn't support me very much at first because moms don't support sons when they decide to do an MMA career. I, I, don't, I don't know why. And I don't want to say not support, but she was concerned. She was worried. She thought it was dumb. Um, obviously she's on full board. Uh, you know, my closest friends always have supported me. Adam Sadrowski, Scott Coleman, Darren Cruikshank. You know, I, I, I and I, I shouldn't have even named guys because I know there's, uh, I have a hundred supporters mm -hmm. that people are, Oh, you didn't say me, but you know, it's, these guys have supported me from day one. You know, since I got in the UFC, I've had a lot of bandwagoners jump on and say, oh, we've been friends this whole time. It's whatever, man. But I know, I know who the true, my true supporters are. And, 
my family supported me all the way uh, to get to the UFC. And it's so funny because like it's on right before it's like, I got to ask this guy what it's like to, you know, tell your parents, hey, guess what, guys? Like, I really want to be a UFC fighter. And funny enough, like we're sitting here thinking like, you know, can we compare it to something? It's like, honestly, I mean, if you were like a porn actress or something, you had to go to your parents and be like, hey, listen, like, sure. oh, you know, if you want to do something really, you know, out there, it's just like, yeah, it's a lot of pressure on them. And, you know, they got to support you in whatever you choose. And I mean, you know what, man, I think you've been killing it. I think you're taking only tough fights to the UFC. And, you know, with that fourth fight, and you're going to give it your all. And hopefully give you a full camp. Because, like, you know, for 2020, you've been just killing it, man. Thanks, man. Like I said, I really appreciate that. And, you know, I talked to my manager the other day. And as much as we want a full camp, as soon as I see somebody get hurt, I'm jumping in, motherfuckers. And I'm mm -hmm. hoping that they take that into consideration. You know, it's like this guy's ready to go all the time. He shows up every time. And I'm not rolling over in fights. Like, Gavin Tucker's mm -hmm. a top 15 guy I think mm -hmm. and I took it to him I dropped him in the first round I almost finished him with the guillotine I won the first round he won the second round he finished me in the third but mm -hmm. hey give me a full tank of gas that might be a different story uh, it was actually something we brought up on our podcast earlier but it's actually fairly obvious that even Gavin kind of chose to fight here in Canada for the most part so even for him I think he's kind of coming onto this scene much later so the only reason why you know people might not know about him so much because I think he's only fought a couple times in Vegas for how long he's been around. So that's yeah. probably something people don't even know either. You're taking on a lot of veterans in the UFC as you kind of make your own way. So, you know, kudos to you, man. They've been amazing Thanks, fights man. so far. I appreciate you, honestly. Perfect. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on, Suraj? Well, it's funny because, like, you know, we touched on uh, that nickname and both of us had the same question. So we just wanted to finish off with, like, you know, Guitar Hero, tell us about this. <laughs> Uh, it's a college name, man. Back, so back in my early uh, stage of, you know, amateur fighting, you know, I, I was a wrestler and I would just take guys down and look for rear naked chokes. And honestly, looking back, and I knew at the time I was boring and Darren Kirkshank told me, he's like, dude, you're, fight you're winning all your fights, but they're so boring. Uh, so until I found that boxing with Kara Rowe and James Lee and, uh, you know, working with Darren for kickboxing, uh, I would try to find gimmicks to get guys excited about watching me fight. So I do like uh, funny walkout shows like, I'd take my guitar and I'd, I'd jam it all the way to whatever song I was walking out to and I'd dance and try and get the crowd into it. And, you know, the guitar here was one of them. I was the Jedi before where I wore this big hood over my head and came out to like, uh, uh, the, 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 the antagonist star, uh, star Wars theme song. And, um, or was, I was the, I was the karate kid before where I wore a gi with a headband, a big aviator. I dance, love this. Come through. So, you know, it's, uh, I, this is what I used to do. So it's actually funny in 2013, when I turned pro, I was like, all right, I'm all business now. I'm not doing any more of these gimmicks. I'm knocking everybody out. Like, let's go. So I stopped doing it. And then went in June, Bruce Buffer, they asked prior, like, Hey, do you have any nicknames? I'm like, no, I'm Justin James. And then I'm looking at Bruce and he's like the guitar hero. I was like, Oh shit. No like, That's amazing. I, I didn't, I didn't know that they were going to announce uh. that. I, I haven't been called the guitar hero since probably 2011. And I had no idea they were going to announce me as the guitar hero. I swear in my life, I had no idea. And I told them not to. And they did anyways. And now I'm the guitar hero. So let's go. <laughs> it's funny because, like, you know, we could never guess that that was the story. It's such an amazing story, dude. And, you know, the Who What Brothers made it popular and Pride. Mayhem Miller tried to make it popular over here. Man, I say give it a shot again. It's the wrestler in you. You know, do it for Austin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's true. And it, Yes, that would be great, man. <laughs> Hopefully your dad can be on the side tossing you some beers into the ring. Yeah, if I start smashing. <laughs> right, let's go. Hell yeah. 
I love it. Get a vest form and everything. UFC Dude, branded. Let's go. We'll get you a little Lions uh, logo, maybe like really small, you know, like really tiny up here yeah, in yeah, like yeah, the yeah. corner up here. <laughs> I, I was thinking about making a t-shirt. So I don't have like an official t-shirt right now. And I thought about keeping it simple and just changing the shirt you're wearing to Justin 316. And that's oh, it. Ah, that's <laughs> beauty. Awesome. Get that for the next fight. Do it. I think. I think that'd be badass. We'll be the first purchasers of that for sure. God damn it. Damn, Wait, God I see it. If Bryce Mitchell can get camo shorts, you can get a Justin 316 shirt. I mean, what else I mean, what else these guys want? I'm coming right? to put exciting shows on. Let me put a show on, you know? <laughs> I agree, then. Absolutely. So it's been a pleasure having you on, man. Anything else you want to kind of get off your chest or discuss with us? Uh, no, not really, man. I think, I think we hit everything on the head, man. I really appreciate you guys having me. Sorry. I've been delayed. I've been traveling not at all. and, uh, you know, I took a step back from MMA for a couple of weeks and, uh, but now I'm ready to go and, uh, I'm back in a good mood and, uh, uh, I, I appreciate you guys having me and that's all I got to say. Yeah, no man. Problem. I hope you get that full camp and, you know, keep it going, man. You're absolutely killing it. And that left hook got you that WXC, uh, the WXC title. So I mean, like, just keep it going, dude. Keep it going. Yes, sir. You got Absolutely. it, man. And enjoy your time uh, with your family over the holidays, man. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Tell yeah, Benjamin we said what up. <laughs> yeah, I will. And when uh, I, I book my next one, I'd love to come on and uh, uh, talk to you guys about it. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. We'll keep you in mind every time, man. Appreciate that, Justin. Take care. I appreciate you guys. Have a good day. I'll talk to you later. Take care, man. Yeah, man.